Hi, this is Conversations with Ola and Chi, a series of conversations about contemporary issues affecting our communities. Join the conversation and let us know what you think. Hope you enjoy the show. My name is Ola and with me is Chi. Hi everybody, hope you're doing well. Welcome to our podcast. This is going to be a series of podcasts which are going to be discussions about various topics. Uh, some of the topics are quite easygoing, it roll off the tongue easily and they're easy to discuss. Some are going to be quite emotive, um, some passionate discussions, passionate debates, always coated with love though. <laughs> Sometimes. There's going to be some serious energy going on, but at the end of it, just like a rugby match, we hug and we kiss and we love each other. But we need there are certain things we need to talk about and get our points across. So just to uh, give you that um, uh, preamble up front, what these series of discussions are going to cover are a very wide range of topics. And what we've done is we, because um, these topics are, they're, in, they're going to be in sections. It's it's going to be too much for one podcast to cover any one topic, so we've broken them down into sections. So what we're going to start with um, with this section, uh, the first few podcasts, is uh, the title "Living as a Bicultural Nigerian in the UK." This is a title which I think I'm sure will grab the attention of many people listening, because I'm sure there are many um, Nigerians, Africans. Um, Nigerians, Ghanaians, um, people from Guinea, also all over Africa, even in the West Indies, mm-hmm. who are bicultural. They have probably spent a specific uh, portion of their life or, um, uh, you know, um, a portion of their life in another country or growing up predominantly in, a, in another culture mm-hmm. and have grown up uh, having to adjust to two cultures. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, but from the Nigerian um, uh, perspective, perspective yeah. because we're both Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, our uh, background is almost a mirror image of each other. Mm. I'll tell you a bit about myself. She will tell you a bit about herself, and you'll find that you'll see why it's a mirror image of each other, but we have quite a lot in common. So... Um, Beauty before age. Lady will go first. Of course. So hi, everybody. So um, as Ola was saying, um, our experience is based on having different culture to try to grow you as a a whole person. I came here 34 years ago when I was 10. Yes, I am 44. I know I don't look it, but yes. But yeah, so I came here. I've been here for 34 years. And when I first got here, I had small glimpses of Nigeria, as in, you know, I saw the, um, I want to say economy. I saw how the system was a little bit. And then when I did come here at 10 years old, there was a vast difference to me in the way the roads were, society was in general, the roads, the buildings, everything, um, running water, um, so many different things I saw. I saw snow for the first time, um, never seen that before. And obviously the most shocking thing for me was, the different culture, different people that were I, I could see now. I've never seen so many um, white people. I saw different races of people, Chinese, Indian, everybody. 
So it was a culture shock for me because I came from a place where everybody looked like me. We were all the same apart from the languages that we spoke. Um, we, we generally all look the same. So it was a bit of a culture shock coming here and seeing that I was now in this new society and I would have to adjust. And um, I wouldn't say it was difficult. I would say, because kids adapt anyway, but I would say it was it was an eye-opener to see how different people behave and with the cultural influences that I had that brought over, like the way we speak to elders, the way we, we talk to elders. It was just so different for me. Um, yeah, what about you, Chris? Um. I was born in London in the late 60s. Yeah. And in the late 70s, I went to Nigeria with my family and returned back to London in the late 80s. Um, yeah, going to Nigeria was the biggest culture shock that I personally ever uh, experienced uh, at the tender age of eight. Up until then, I hadn't really experienced Nigeria apart from my parents, obviously. Uh, family, friends, stories that I'd heard. Um, my dad went to Nigeria in the mid-70s. It's the first time I actually experienced anything from Nigeria, like Nigerian clothing, um, snacks, pictures. And then going to Nigeria as an eight-year-old, it was, yeah, I think it's the first time I'd actually experienced seeing the majority of people being black. Mm. Um, something I'd never really thought about before because mm. I was just used to a majority of people being white and growing up, um, you know, all my, my, my friends were mixed mm. from different countries. Mm. Uh, it's the first time I'd experienced almost everyone being predominantly Nigerian. Mm. Uh, majority of people speaking a language I didn't understand at the time. Um, the culture being completely different yeah. uh, to what I'd grown up with here. And um, getting to know family, traditions, uh, different religion. Mm. There were so many things that were different compared to what I've known here. Mm. Um, at times it was a struggle. At times it was actually fun, getting used to new food, mm. fruits, um, you know, simple things just like going to the farm, mm. um, uh, rearing uh, livestock, mm. different things like that. And then I came back here when I was about 20 and had to adjust back to the UK, which had changed a lot in the 12 years that I'd left. Yeah. So looking back now, um, I think it's nothing but a blessing to be quite honest, to be bicultural. Mm. Uh, although it does play a big significance in your life, mm. your outlook, your values. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd have it any other way. Do you think that because we're bicultural, we're forced to pick a side almost and, um, and choose, okay, so for instance, if someone asked you, what is your identity? What would you say it was? That's a very good question. Um, when I was much younger, mm. I think I would have said my identity is more British mm. because I, I understood more of the British culture, even though I lived in Nigeria. Mm. As I grew older mm. and started to learn a lot more about history yeah. and question a lot more about uh, written history, yeah my culture tended more towards Nigeria. Mm. Uh, so if you ask me now, I'll tell you I'm more, like, culturally I'm more Nigerian. Mm. Uh, that's how it's affected me. Do you feel like you're living in limbo now? Yes, yes. There are certain things about Nigeria that I find questionable, certain things about this country I find questionable, certain things I love about Nigeria, certain things I love about this country. So to be quite honest, for me, it it, it is like straddling two cultures, mm. literally. and. 
it's surprising how within a short space of time you can literally just switch from one to the next mm. depending on what environment you're in yeah you could go to and see uh you could see a friend that you've known here for years ago and all of a sudden you're british yeah. and then you come across someone from back home mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're nigerian or mm -hmm. Igbo yoruba mm -hmm. so um that's very i think it's very handy to have but sometimes it can be confusing that skill i had to learn because i came here 10 and so i only we used to, i used to speak yoruba and and, and Igbo. But when we came here, my because my parents are Igbo, it was only Igbo that I was that I was left with. So I lost to Yoruba. So I was, you know, constantly speaking Igbo. I say speaking, I was understanding, sorry. I was understanding it, but not speaking as much, just the very, very basics. But when I grew older and I realized and made a conscious decision to find my roots, so to speak, and I, I realized I could understand, but I I couldn't speak it. And that felt like a disadvantage to me. So I forced myself to start speaking, trying, even though I didn't sound good, but I pushed myself. And I felt like this gave me more of an advantage now. So when I'm amongst Igbos now, I don't feel like the lost sheep because that's what I, that's how I feel, you know, when I'm amongst them and I don't feel quite part of them. I feel almost isolated from them. But with the language now, I feel like I can understand them now and, and they can understand me a little bit. So it, it proved to be an advantage for me. And yeah, so I feel like I'm in limbo, but I still feel like a Nigerian girl in Britain, even though I spent most of my life in Britain. I'm the opposite of you. Do you know, if I'm making sense, I feel more Nigerian. I don't, I am British, but I feel inside me, I'm more a Nigerian girl, yeah. Uh, I think in the last 15 years, yeah. I probably say I feel more Nigerian than, yeah. than anything. I yeah. remember uh, 2010 World Cup, I bought a Nigerian top yeah. and my friend at the time who'd known me for quite a while, she looked at me and she said, I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day. You proudly, yeah. not only did you buy a Nigerian top, you actually wore it yeah. to a pub full of people. Yeah. I said, yes, that's how I feel. Um, and I, I don't know, I think a lot of it just came with experience. Life experience was very, played a very important part. Life experience um, and um, different, my, my outlook to life, my outlook on life changed after experiencing quite a few things. Yeah, I think as a teenager, when, you, when I was growing up in high school, there was a bit of an embarrassment of being African um, because of they used to make fun. And people used to make fun of me, fun enough were the West Indians. They used to make fun of, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, if you grew up here, African, boo-boo, you know, you guys eat with your hands and or you guys, your foods are smelly. So there was a time when I just felt like, oh, I feel, you know, cringy. But as time went on and you start growing older and pride starts coming in you, so I'd be like, hang on a second, this is our culture. This is what we do. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. You guys eat sandwiches with your hands anyway. You act as if everything you eat, you eat with knife and fork. So, uh, so I, 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 I started ha having pride in myself and that pride has not has never left me. That, in fact, that pride has even grown over the years. I am 100% Nigerian. I just happened to live in the UK and experience the UK. That's, that's from my own perspective, yeah. So um, you guys out there, what do you think and how do you feel? If you have grown up in this country, do you feel more part of this culture or do you still feel part of your original 
um, culture and how does it affect you living in the UK? Are you living in limbo? I'm going to ask a number of questions mm -hmm. and then they'll, they'll prompt the, the, the discussions going further. When did you first, when can you first remember feeling bicultural? When did you first have that feeling that you're bicultural? Um, I think as a teenager, as a child, you just kind of, you know, you're in a new culture and you just assimilate yourself into it. But I felt more bicultural when I was a teenager, when I started fighting for my, um, my knowledge, my history. When you stop being ashamed of what people say about Africans and start looking into African history and realise, no, I'm, I'm proud of this. I, I'm, I'm happy to be of this culture. And so I think as a teenager, I realised, okay, there is two sides to this life that I'm going to live. On one hand, I live in Britain and I've spent so much time here, but not to say I'm not happy here. This is my home. I'm very happy in Britain, but this is not my original home, obviously. And so... I, I think it's important for us not to forget where we're from, because if you leave your history behind, well, what do you have? What do you have to, to look forward to? What do you have to teach your kids if you just think you're British and nothing else? So, yeah, I think as a teenager, I felt it, it hit me then. Yeah, I think it would be easy for me to say 20, 30 years ago, but yeah. I think it was a lot longer than that. Yeah. If I think back, uh, I think I started to realize that I was a bit different to my uh, to my peers, mm. starting from my name, because mm. my parents always yeah. called me by my, my Nigerian name, where the first time my peers heard it, it was like strange to them, because mm. they couldn't understand how I answered to two names. Mm. Uh, the food we ate, mm. when I, even when we were here, I, I knew Nigerian food from when I was much, much when I was about three, mm. four. Mm. Um, and then there was the physical differences. Mm. Circumcision. Mm. Even that made me wonder, why am I different to my friends? Mm. Before it was explained at, at, a, at a later time. Um, but then when I got to Nigeria, it was even more pronounced. Mm. Uh, because when I was in Nigeria, I also didn't feel fully Nigerian. There's values that I had, things that I, the way I did things, which mm. was at odds. The people in Nigeria, mm. for example, they didn't think I was respectful enough. Mm. Um, I didn't understand language, which obviously was a struggle. And mm. even understanding the language, mm. um, there are certain things that I questioned mm. that were just taken for granted. So I would say at a younger age, but I probably did not appreciate it until I got back here. I, was, I was probably say I started to appreciate being bicultural in my late twenties. Interesting that you have an English name because I do not. All my names are African, and I don't know, my parents just never gave us English names, even though my parents were here before they went back to Nigeria and had me. But none of us have English names, but you have. And, you know, you because you just mentioned about having the two different names. Do you think your parents gave you that because, obviously, you're living in this society and they want you to yeah. fit into the culture? Definitely. And it's easier for you to say, Definitely. my name is Chris, than yeah. your full yeah. Nigerian name. Both my parents did also had uh, English names, okay. not English, but names from the Bible. Yeah. My dad had a name from the Bible, my mom had a uh, name from the Bible. Yeah. So they thought it was only the easiest thing to do with their children as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You think it's strange? I mean, there are some people who don't have any African names at all, even though they're African. To, to be fair, if I was to do, if I, if, 
if I was to do things again, uh, I would give my kids just pure Nigerian names really? and leave it at that. Okay, why? Yes. Because um, I can't. Re I I don't think I've experienced any Caucasian person who's mm -hmm. had their child in Africa and has given their child an African name. That's a fair point. What do you guys think about that? Is there something in a name? And have you chosen your name of your children based on the society that you live in or based on your actual culture? I have two kids and they have English names because I live here and I feel like, you know, but they also have Nigerian names as well. So um, do I feel that takes them away from their culture? Yes and no, because their surname will always announce where they're from even though they have English names, but their surname will always announce where they're from. And I always try to tell them, or they always try to um, teach them that we are Africans, even though they are proper British, like they've never been to African soil in their life, but I still try to push that in them, that we are African, you're an African, we eat African food, we do African things and we appreciate it. Just so they can have a bit of pride in them growing up from my home. And they don't have to try and learn the pride from outside like I had to. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it will be interesting to know what you guys think about this topic. Do you feel bicultural? Do you feel one? Do you feel the other? Do you feel both? Do you feel disadvantaged? Um, what is your experience living in this country as a bicultural? The second question is, how do you think being bicultural has affected your day-to-day -day life? Um... Because I, because we live in London, you know what they say, when you're in Rome, do like the Roman type of thing, I feel like my day-to-day -day life is very British in terms of what I do, my job, and when I'm outside. But there's also part of me that wants to have that cultural um, connection. So you watch like all these Nollywood movies and you listen to your Afrobeat, you listen to black music and black experiences, you eat black food and stuff like that. So yeah, it has. It makes me feel. It makes me feel in limbo. But I am claiming the African side over the European side and the the, the Western side. I will claim that. I would say um, for me, growing up in Nigeria, I would say it affected me more than growing up here because if, when I got back here, there are certain things from the Yoruba culture that I fully invite uh, and I love mm. hospitality, mm. respect for elders, mm. uh, respect for people's property, mm. um, that sense of sharing, mm. uh, the sense of community, mm. uh, extended family. Mm. Um, yeah, that, it affects my outlook on, on life every day. Mm. Uh, it's become part of who I am. Mm. Uh, I can honestly say if I, if I had not lived in Nigeria, I wouldn't have those things. Those things would not be part of me. Yeah. Um, and I can see usually a very distinct difference between someone who grew up in Nigeria and someone who grew up here with a Nigerian family. Mm. There's a big, big difference because so many things with the person who grew up in Nigeria, you don't need to explain. They, they, they grew up with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it's affecting my day to day life. Uh, it it does. I think it also it also does help you when you are looking at African and Black history. 
you get a, a more of a sense of appreciation because some of the things you start to learn, you've actually experienced those things mm. firsthand. Mm. Um, so yeah, there is that as well. There's also the appreciation of what we actually have mm. over there that mm. we don't really appreciate half the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would say being that, that's how it's affected on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So um, you said that you 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 find yourself happy to to be more British than Nigerian or more Nigerian than more British? More Nigerian than British. Okay. Um, for example, it shows in when I was teaching, mm. um, a lot of my colleagues would say, oh, Chris, you, you know, you're so strict. I said, mm. yes, I am. Uh, and I'll tell them, yes, I'm very strict. Mm. I was, I went to school in Nigeria. Mm. And this is how I know um, that education is imparted. I said, but in addition to me being strict, I'm very fair. Mm. And which is why I get on well with my students. Mm. Uh, I think students actually are attracted to someone who's strict but fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never agreed with how, with with the the lax level of discipline that I see in school, mm-hmm. in this country, in this culture. Mm-hmm. I've never agreed with it. Mm-hmm. And I'll always say that. Um, it's a subject where I've agreed to disagree with a lot of people, mm-hmm. but that's something that um, is, has been imbibed in me from when I went to Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, why? Because the system that I grew up in Nigeria, as far as I'm concerned, it works. Mm. Um, the system here, it's depending on how you want to look at it. So there are things like that as well. And even with uh, with my kids, I love my kids to bits. But, um, there are certain things that I will not tolerate from them. I remember, as far as I'm, I'm their parents. As you were saying that, because you know, I remember being when I was in Nigeria in school, they used to cane us. Like, if you get an answer wrong, you'll be like, okay, hands up, and they'll give you whatever. And when I came here, none of that was happening. None. There was no such thing happening. Um, kids were a little bit, well, not a little bit, they were more vocal with their teachers, which never happened back home. You were told you were a student, and you were told what to do. But here, it's like kids have the different rights that they have here. And it was very obvious. I, I noticed that even as a 10-year-old child, oh, first of all, we don't get caned. And the teachers don't shout at you, and you know those kind of little things make was a big difference that I could see even as a kid, growing up, hundred percent there is a lack of um, discipline with the kids in school. But then that's another story. That's the doubt to do with the system, the way it's been implemented, and the rights the children have. We're gonna do another. That's that's an entire topic. Yeah. But I will add at this point um that everything that we mentioned in any of these podcasts have been our lived experiences yes these are things that we've been through these are things that have happened to us whether you consider them right or wrong we can't change what has happened to us mm-hmm. that happened to us we are not telling or encouraging anyone to reenact our own lives Please we are me. simply stating what our experiences are yeah. and how we see our experiences as grown adults. Yeah. We understand that in this part of the world, different parts of the world, there are different cultures. People have different ways of doing things. We are only stating the, the experiences that we've had. Yeah. Our lived experience. Yeah, that's true. So we're going to be ending this one now, but we are going to be coming up next with, um, I think, a language? The next one is, uh, yeah, do, do our children speak our language? Okay. And uh, we're going to do a whole uh, discussion about that one. 
it, which obviously stems on from what we're talking about. So, like we said, this is our first ever one. Please forgive us for our background and our. We just this is our first time, so we're not going to be a hundred percent on point. But as we progress, we will get better. We'll get studio and things like that. We're just in the living room now in the parlor doing this. So, thank you for listening in and hopefully tuning for the next episode. Hope you've enjoyed this. See you on the next one. Thank you. Bye.